Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Eason here with Life Coach Cindy Chavez. Today is Wednesday, July the 22nd, 2020. It is 4 p.m. New York time, wherever you are in the world. Thanks for joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And once again, I want to let everybody know we are happy to report that the updated version of the app for iPhone and Android is now out. It includes Dan Mangina's gifts. He gave us his audio course, Beyond Intention. He gave us his ebook, The Money Game. And it also includes updated uh, bios on our newest co-hosts, including David Strickle, The Stream of David, and Amy Blackford, who's doing The Monday Show with us. So all kinds of updates. And uh, I, I still have to do the PC and Mac versions, but since they're pretty small chunks of our audience, those of you who are using those, I thank you for your permission to let me have a little bit of a break before I work on them, because I need a break. <laughs> But uh, it's good. It's great. I mean, I've been I've been leaning on this, Cindy. I've been leaning on the fact that these are out as a way to get through some tricky stuff lately because you need good news like that, and you need to celebrate it when it happens. And I keep reminding yeah. myself, something great's been happening here. We got these apps out. So here's what's interesting, what you just said. You've been leaning on these apps to, to bring some good happiness and good yeah. vibes and yeah. feeling better. and. I'm wondering, I mean, you were actually doing that before they were completed, right? This is true, yeah. Yeah, so that's like something all of us can do. I like that idea. Because sometimes we, if things are hard, we have a tendency to think of, well, how can I count my blessings? And we start thinking, what are the things that are going right? Which is a great practice. I'm I'm not downing that practice. Sure. But you actually use something that wasn't completed yet. That's true. (laughs) A manifestation that hadn't fully manifested yet to actually bring in some good positive feelings and that's that's great think about well that's it. the neville process that's it the, is. it's the neville process it's the abraham process it, it's feeling in advance of the thing that you want to have that's right assuming the feeling of the wish fulfilled right yeah. and we're yeah. going to be doing some of that because today's I'm going to be a renewal like of neville day <laughs> today's neville day is back we've had, we've had requests for that too which is we really did great. we had we had requests uh to talk about certain ideas that neville had in a lecture and certain Neville things. And so I said, okay, let me take a look at this. And I, I've been listening to the particular lecture, um, which we're not going to get into today, but we will get into in the future. But I got like re-energized and excited about Neville. And I was like, it made me realize I kind of missed Neville Day. Mm-hmm. So, sure. so in the process of researching this particular lecture, I found a book, a Neville book that we've never covered we thought we had covered all of them and it's a neville book from 1939 that we never covered and i'm really excited can you tell yeah i can absolutely i can and for good reason because it is exciting we we had a lot of fun doing the neville books and to find another neville book is like oh this is great i like it it was like buried treasure or something that's right i I got really excited about it so part of that is i know there are like dozens maybe hundreds of neville lectures Mm -hmm. uh, but i like to read more yeah. than I like to listen. Too, and too. so I thought, okay, you know, so I will listen to things. Of course, we do a podcast here. I do listen, but mm-hmm. uh, the book was exciting to find a new one. Yeah, definitely. So before we get started on that, I want to get some of our promo business out of the way because with the app being out, there's also <laughs> stuff that goes along with that that yes. I want to mention, particularly to those people who are now downloading the app because we're doing some active marketing and bringing in new listeners. So first things first, many of you, most of you perhaps are coming in because I've been promoting the stream of David uh, as a way to basically ask question of Abraham because this the stream of David is source energy. Abraham is source energy. 
And really the only difference is that one is voiced and filtered through Esther Hicks and the other is voiced and filtered through David Strickle. Um, so if you are one of those people and you haven't quite figured out how to get your question in, that's one of the wonderful features of the new app. So you have this app in your hands. That's probably how you found us. If you click on that little hamburger icon, they call it the three lines in the top left corner where you get all the, the different options, you'll see a contact form. And that's the form that you use to send in your question. And I will be using those questions on the upcoming episodes. So if you're one of those people, that's how you do that. The other thing that I want to mention is, well, we want you to tell a friend to tell a friend because that's one of the reasons for doing the app. The app is designed and intended. I intended this, Cindy, from the first day I did the podcast. I don't know if I told you that. That's how long wow. this app has been in planning. Fantastic. But, um, Oh, yeah. It's a relief, too, let me tell you, to finally get it done. I thought yeah. for years I didn't know how I was going to do it. I had no idea how to do it. But we got there. Anyway, one of the reasons I wanted to do the app is because it is, for somebody who is not a regular podcast listener, it's challenging to know how to subscribe to a podcast. I figured, well, an app is easy. Almost everybody knows how to download an app. They've all done it before, right. you know? So yep. it's an easy way to pass it along. And, and now anybody who pops uh, LOA today into a search in either the App Store on an iPhone or the Play Store on an Android phone, LOA today pops right up. So it's it's not hard to find either. So that's what makes it so easy to share. Because now all you have to do is just tell your friend, just download it from the App Store or download it from hey, the Play Store. That's great. That's fantastic. Yeah. So yes. I really want to encourage our existing listeners and our new listeners to tell a friend to tell a friend, then share it, because that's why we created the app, to make it so easy to share with everybody else how to listen to LOA today. Very simple. So with those two ideas out of the, out of the way, out of the way is the wrong thing, with those two ideas expressed vehemently and excitedly, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I want to be excitedly sharing something else that happened. We love it, don't we, whenever we get mail or email or messages from a listener. Absolutely. I got one of the best pieces of mail that you could possibly get because it's never done. It's not done anymore. It comes from Jeffrey, who's one of our most you know virulent listeners. He listens to like so many of our podcasts. He's on the live stream. He asks questions. I mean, he's like one of our number one listeners. And he said he, he sent me a postcard. I oh, mean, I love this. Like, when was the last time you got a mail. postcard? Yeah. yeah, actual mail, snail mail. <laughs> so here's what he said, and Jeffrey, forgive me, there were some of the words I had a little trouble reading, partly because of postworks that kind of got over what you wrote, but I'll read it as much of it as I can read. He says, first, dear Walt, I thought I would phone in the old-fashioned way, which I love. <laughs> he says, I'm sitting at a cafe enjoying a glass of wine and some delicious cheeses. I know that our friendship is unconventional, but I wanted to take a little time and tell you how much I appreciate you and the joy you have brought to my experience over the years. I usually listen to your show during my lunch break, but because things have shifted and my time zone has changed, I didn't realize he'd moved, I actively rearranged my schedule so that I can participate, which we love. We're glad that you participate, yes. Jeffrey. <laughs> he says, I hope that this postcard finds you and Louise doing something well. I'm not sure what the something was in your new home. Oh, that's part of the visualization. That's what it is. And that all the co-hosts are healthy and happy. I have to admit that I can truly, that I am truly enjoying all of the new voices that have emerged on the show and how the show is consistently changing and it is always so relevant and spot on. And then the rest gets covered by uh, postmarks. So I can't read the rest of it, but he, he, he concludes by saying Jeffrey Black, loyal listener. So 
How about that? That's that. wonderful. I, you know, I, I'm a big fan of snail mail and I do a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a lot of snail mail and I decorate it and I love sending it out. And recently I got um, a message actually in the last week, I've gotten two messages from people that got a card from me oh. and one was in Australia and one was in Korea, friends wow. of mine. And I had mailed these cards the first week of March. Oh my. <laughs> Four months later, I'm getting a message. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. What a nice <laughs> surprise. And I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. When what did was I... the surprise? <laughs> and I actually went back to see when did I mail those? And I realized it was the beginning of March. So wow. four months. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, there's a good reason why they call it snail mail. <laughs> I tell you something so funny about snail mail. You know, those internet email scams where people are like saying that they are, that their, their uncle left them an inheritance and oh, yes, yes, right. an American person to put it in their bank for them and blah, right. blah, blah. Right. My husband got one in the mail mail. Really? Typed out. Oh my goodness. <laughs> He was like, "Hey, I'm really impressed." <laughs> these these scammers like went the extra mile. They did. They paid for a stamp. They typed it out. It was so funny. Yeah, they they just forgot to do their homework and find out that your husband is a lawyer. Would have been able right. to yeah. you know, spot this right away. <laughs> yeah. But other than that little tiny glitch, you right? Know. <laughs> it was really funny though. He said, "Huh, I wonder who this is from." And he opens it up and he starts reading. He says, "You have got." To be kidding me. <laughs> so funny. Well, it was That's great, great receiving Jeffrey. this postcard. Thank you so much. I it looked like, like the, it's like an old-fashioned postcard, and too. And it's beautiful. So when you were reading it, I could see it. And I was like, it's so pretty. Yeah. Oh, that's gorgeous. so nice. Yeah. So thank you very much, Jeffrey. That just brightened my day. On a very good day to brighten it up, too, I might add. Aw, yes. That's yeah. nice. You know, I've, we talk on, on our show a lot about... Um, self-care and self-love mm. and the relationship with the self, how everything else is just a reflection. All mm -hmm. of our other relationships are often a reflection of our relationship with ourself, right? I mean, this is very important if we want to be attracting things that we desire. <laughs> yes. We take care. And when you said a minute ago, um, you know, you were talking about the apps and said, okay, but I, I just needed a break. So that's done and now a little break. And I thought, I've heard this so many times in the last week from so many different people. Really? And people talking about that they've been extra tired and people talking about that they've felt overwhelmed, people talking about feeling cranky. Mm -hmm. um, and I noticed that, you know, for much of my life, I, I mean, I can remember saying this. So it was kind of like my story all the way back in high school. It's like, I only need about five or six hours of sleep a night. And that's what I always needed. And I was not slow to wake up. When I woke up, I just hit the ground running, right? I would mm -hmm. wake up at dawn and ready to rock and roll. Right. For my whole life. So let's say for, you know, I mean, I'm 58. So almost my entire life. The last three years, you know this, mm -hmm. um, I've dealt with insomnia. Mm -hmm. The last 10 days, I've suddenly been sleeping like a baby. Really? Thank goodness. Wow. And I've also been sleeping about 10 hours a night. Wow. And in the past, like my way past self, if I go back 10 years even, or maybe less, I, there was a lot of kind of judgment and 
shame and guilt about that. It would be oh, like, no, you're not being productive. You should be up at the mm. crack of dawn and going, going, going. And I just decided I'm not going to let my past self dictate that this has any meaning at all beyond the fact that I just need more sleep right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to let myself have it with no guilt and no shame and no whatever. Um, and I, I'm telling this story right now because I've told it a couple times and the reaction that I've got from people were actually that they started thanking me. Like, thank yeah. you for saying this. Like, sure. I need to hear this. And I realized, okay, collectively, the human species right now, we're under a lot of stress mm-hmm. and we're needing extra care and extra, that includes extra sleep. And I thought, you know, we've, we've been talking so much about relationship with self. I thought this is a great time to just bring this up. Somebody needs to hear this. I'll say, <laughs> you see well, all these names. I don't know who needs to hear this, but, but I had that sense about it, right? It also has a natural segue to Neville because Neville talks about the pruning shears of revision, which is what ex- exactly you did. You revised your story. I, yes, yes, yes. And you know, now this is an interesting thing. We, we talked about, I'm trying to remember the book. It was an Abraham Hicks book that we were studying. For some reason, I think it's the book about money. I think it's the money and the law of attraction, which uh-huh. mostly wasn't about money. Right. <laughs> and there was, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, thought with Abraham about uh, our story and how we see things like that whole deal with, well, if you if you were eating a certain food that you thought was healthy, then it wouldn't affect you the way if you were eating the same food and thought you were eating something bad for you. Right. I have my own views on all of that. But but my question that I've had for so long is because our body and our mind, our mind is so powerful mm-hmm. and our body is so miraculous. Like if you just look into all of the things the liver does, it's like it has 700 functions or something, right? It's yeah. just like mind boggling. How many right. processes our body takes care of and it's always looking for the state of balance right right homeostasis yeah and so my thought always was that i did have that story for so long i had the story that i only need five hours of sleep at night and when i wake up i'm ready to go i when literally when my eyes would open out of bed ready to go no slow waking up no grogginess that was my story and that was my experience mm-hmm But part of me wonders now, because at some point in my late 40s, I had adrenal exhaustion. Mm. I was riding my road bike at that time, 10 to 50 miles a day. Wow. Yeah. And suddenly, just one day, I just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't Mm -hmm. go. Mm -hmm. And the doctor said, your adrenals are completely fried. Mm. And I realized that the story that said... I hit the ground running when I wake up. I only need five hours of sleep a night. I do great. That my brain was saying, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to make that story true. How are we going to do it? Well, we live on earth. Things have to have mechanics. Mm-hmm. So my body said, make some adrenaline. Yeah. We got to make that story true. Yeah. And it did it for as long as it could until I had adrenal exhaustion and I just could not go anymore. Wow. So I wonder how many times we make some story about how we want our body to perceive and experience life. And it does, but it's actually taking actions inside with its processes to make those 
symptoms or to make those experiences reality, right? And, yeah, sure. And it may not be best for the long run. This is true, yeah. So I've often wondered, like, if I have this story that I go, you know what? I can eat as much sugar as I want, and I don't gain weight. And so I do, and I don't gain weight. And I'm just piling on the sugar all the time, and I don't gain weight. But maybe my body is processing it in a way that although I'm not gaining weight, it is hurting some other organ or, mm-hmm. or causing me to have a pancreas problem or a diabetic thing or something down the road. I'm not saying I'm not a doctor and I'm not a scientist. So I'm not saying that that's the case. Right. But I've always wondered because. Oh, of course. Because we create with our imagination. Yes. But our body does go through physical processes to experience whatever it is. Right. Yeah. We have, I don't know how many billions of cells in our body and from what uh, the various source energy teachers have told us they're all individually alive too but they also oh, combine my goodness. Us. they're you know, cooperating most of the time <laughs> and they're cooperating most of the time there's a lot of activity going on there that we just kind of take for granted day to day but you're right i mean if if the universe is going to deliver what we ask for which it does sometimes it has to pay a price to do it you know I, I mean, I don't know. It's just something to ponder, something to ponder. I think you've hit it. I think you're absolutely right. I think that is what happens. And I think this is another reason why so many of the better teachers, the stream we're talking about this yesterday on yesterday's podcast, how um, the stream talked about it, and then David himself talked about it afterward, how he's really learned the importance of asking generally rather than specifically. Just, you know, here's what I generally want to be. You figure out how to get me there rather than me trying to plan it all out. Yeah. And, you know, another thing, asking for recognizing that we all we all say we want certain things mm-hmm. in life. You know, maybe somebody wants a huge house and someone else wants a smaller house or someone wants, you know, a garden or someone wishes they didn't have to take care of a yard or what. You know, we're different. Mm-hmm. But we all want what we want because we think we'll feel a certain way. Yes. And so, you know. People want to, let's just use my examples. I just wanted to only have to sleep five hours a night and go, go, go. Why? Because it made me feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. Right. I felt energized. I felt productive or whatever. Maybe I want to eat sugar and not gain weight because being slim makes me feel a certain way. Maybe more confident or maybe sexier or maybe more attractive or whatever it is. So if we just go for the feelings... I want to feel productive. I want to feel confident. Mm-hmm. And maybe that gives the universe a little more leeway to work it out in a way that's healthier than these ways we decide. <laughs> well, it also gives us the ability to do it too, because we've talked about how feelings are two kinds of feelings. There's the emotional feelings, but right. there's also the touch feelings. The, you can right. actually feel it. And right. I don't know about you. I feel it when I have too much sugar. I mean, my body is basically just screaming, yeah. Oh my God, you're so jittery now, Walt, because of all that sugar you've been eating. Yeah. You know, and it's actually, that awareness that has helped me decide I really don't want all that sugar. I want to cut it down. Yeah. True. True. So, so, so that's another form of listening inside that. I mean, yes, we want to oh, listen to the emotions, so smart. but our bodies you know, are smart. they're really smart. Yeah. yeah. And, and they'll tell us it, it, yeah. that's the nice thing. Our bodies don't try to fool us. Isn't that a great thing? Yeah. They, they don't try to deceive us. They just say, here it is. Yeah. Here's the fact. You don't have to guess. I'm telling you right now. Are you paying attention? (laughs) If we pay attention, that's right. Awareness. Well, I've been yammering on about all these things that I've had on my mind. See, week week to week, I gather all these thoughts that I might, oh, this would be a good thing to talk about. 
So by the way, Je- Jeffrey was <laughs> reacting uh, when I read the postcard. He was reacting and saying, "Well, I'm so sorry about uh, the postmark." And Jeffrey, you couldn't have controlled that. It. it was one of those machine things that goes across right. the postcard. <laughs> I mean, don't beat yourself up. But listen to what Cindy said. Right? You got to be good to yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, hey, getting a getting a postcard in the mail is like a great thing. Oh great God, story. yes. Thank you so much. For if you think that I spent think- more than a half second worried about that postmark, you're wrong. That's that's the most that I spent on it. It was a lot less than that. The rest of it was just enjoying that. Wow, I got a postcard from a listener who's a great listener. How cool is that? <laughs> it is so cool. It is very cool. Yes, I, I, I love it. I, I occasionally get mail as well and uh, from listeners or clients, and it's always a surprise, and it's always so much fun. So thank you for that. Absolutely, yes. Well, we wanted to resurrect Neville Day for a little while today. It's been a while, hasn't it? It has. Yeah. It has. And it's good. I'm glad you found this other book. I mean, I don't know how we missed it, but it's out there and we found it. Well, I'll tell you, we're, we're so I, Walt and I were talking before the show today that we're all sort of in this one together because neither one of us have read it and you have or haven't read it, but we thought, okay, we're going to dive in with no pre-read or anything. But what I really loved about this, the only part I did read was just the first little intro. Mm. And the book is called At Your Command by Neville. It's 1939. So, you know, there's going to be old fashioned uh, examples in here, I'm sure. Yep. But here's the thing that I loved is that Neville says this book contains the very essence of the principle of expression. Had I cared to, I could have expanded it into a book of several hundred pages, but such expansion would have defeated the purpose of this book commands to be effective must be short and to the point. The greatest command ever recorded is found in the few simple words, and God said, let there be light. In keeping with this principle, I now give to you, the reader, in these few pages, the truth as it was revealed to me. And that got me excited Mm. (laughs) because, you know, we all like short, succinct, powerful ideas Mm -hmm. when when it comes to manifesting. The more complex they get, the heavier they are, the more instructions there are, the less likely we are to put them into practice, or less me anyway. Well, it almost makes me think that Neville was was kind of anticipating the 21st century when he wrote it, because, I <laughs> mean... Attention spans? Well, well, yeah, that's it. The attention span is so short. And, and we've often remarked how there were lots of hints along the way that Neville was going to become popular in the 21st century, and he did, you know. Well, so it makes me wonder, well, maybe, maybe he had some awareness of that. We actually talked about this, and, and I certainly don't remember the uh, the quotes word for word, but Neville tells a story that when he was a small boy, I think, mm-hmm. um, someone made a prophecy over him, basically, mm-hmm. okay. that said, a hundred years from now, you will still be affecting the lives of men. Mm. And so when you think that he wrote this in 1939, we're at the 80-year mark now. Right. So, I mean, I, I believe it's true. He's still affecting people's lives and you could be absolutely right that he had some idea that we've got to put this message out here in a short succinct form i give him credit for that i mean that's that's a great call i mean even if you don't know how short the attention span is in the 21st century it's still a great call because pithiness is valuable people take take time to listen to to that it's the long-winded stuff that people just you know, they lose their attention span on. And I don't care what era you're talking about. When I was a you know, four-year-old, the same thing was true. The attention span may have been longer, but it wasn't that long. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
No, it's true. And the, I think the more um, I noticed this, I noticed this last year that I felt like my attention span was becoming much shorter. Mm. And I, I attributed it to being on my cell phone. And I don't mean talking on my phone. I mean, looking at things on my phone. Right. Everything was a short soundbite, right? On social media, everything's pretty short. And I noticed that if there was something that was really long, I was having trouble focusing on it. And so I was aware of it and I, I, I changed it back, right? By putting mm-hmm. my phone down, by forcing myself to sit with a book and read for a full hour, you know, just try to get my attention span because we, we have so many things in our life now where we don't need a long attention span. We, we heat things up in a microwave, you know, right. we're, we're tapping our foot for the 30 seconds to hurry up and go by. Yes. Come on, come on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Let's dive in. Um, at your with, command. With part one, at your command. Can man decree a thing and have it come to pass? Most decidedly he can. Man has always decreed that which has appeared in his world and is today decreeing that which is appearing in his world and shall continue to do so as long as man is conscious of being man. Not one thing has ever appeared in man's world, but what man decreed that it should. This you may deny, but try as you will, you cannot disprove it. For this decreeing is based upon a changeless principle. You do not command things to appear by your words or loud affirmations. Such vain repetition is more often than not confirmation of the opposite. Decreeing is ever done in consciousness. That is, every man is conscious of being that which he has decreed himself to be. The dumb man, without using words, is conscious of being dumb. Therefore, he is decreeing himself to be dumb. Now, that might be uh, that might be hard to swallow. <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, because when we start talking about afflictions uh, that people are born with sometimes, that's hard. I, I have mm-hmm. trouble with the whole idea of blaming the victim mm-hmm. for something. Mm-hmm. Let's keep going, though, and see what, what well, we come well, up with. I, before you keep going, there's one other thing I want to mention. Um, he says such vain repetition is more often than not confirmation of the opposite. The opposite he's referring to is you do not command things to appear by your words or loud affirmations. And I, I kind of chuckled inside when you read that. Because I found myself doing exactly that the last couple of days. Well, you know what's interesting? I read that differently. So keep going. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, that's all right. Because things would come up and I I was getting frustrated by them. And I'd start saying, okay, I'm done with that. Now stop that right now. (laughs) As if that was going to actually change something. (laughs) So that's what I I was thinking of when you read that. (laughs) I also read it as, you know, such vain repetition is more than not confirmation of the opposite the opposite of whatever it is you're saying, mm-hmm. you know, like, like, let's just go with, you know, um, I am wealthy. I am wealthy. I am wealthy. And, and basically here's the, the energetic twist is that if I'm really not believing it, right. Then I'm just confirming that I'm not wealthy. I'm not. Wealthy. <laughs> That's what I was doing. I was saying, okay, yeah. stop, 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 <laughs> stop. And I was struggling and getting angry about it. It's like, wait a minute. That, that's going to produce the opposite result. Wait a minute. <laughs> this is not the way to go about doing it. But I kept doing it. I kept doing it anyway, <laughs> vainly, as he says. <laughs> well, one thing I would say, and I think Neville would agree with me here, but is that when we, when the words, because he says, 
you know, that we don't command things to appear by words or loud affirmations. But when the words or loud affirmations are actually a result of the belief of the thing, Mm, yeah, then the thing happens. And it may appear that we're commanding it with our words, because I believe that our words are very, very powerful. And that when a thought, idea, a story starts to build momentum, eventually you will start saying it. Mm-hmm. And at that point, and for good or bad, right? I mean, yeah. we've talked about people that say, you know, that the the woman that said to me, I'm a survivor. Mm-hmm. Right. I remember and she said story. it like 12 times in a 10 minute conversation. Yeah. And then I heard her story and she had survived being kidnapped and having cancer and being beaten and being raped and like every other thing you can think of that was awful. Right. And I thought it hit me. Oh my gosh. She is identified so much with that affirmation of I am a survivor that the universe could hardly give her anything, but just more stuff to survive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when, so she had absolute faith that she was a survivor. So when we, we become faithful to an idea of ourselves, it event, it will come out in our speaking and it will have power. And, And I think the reason that words are so powerful is because words start with a thought and the thought is what's actually powerful. The words are the expression of it. Yes. Uh, but, but because we are, take the time to express the words and think about the words, what we're really doing is focusing on the thought and we're building the momentum of it. And that's why words are so powerful. It's really just the evidence, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's part of the evidence of how strong the energy and the thought is. And that's what the point Neville's making is that you don't have to say the words for it to be powerful. We can command something with our thoughts. All right, let's keep going. Uh, he says, when the Bible is read in this light, you will find it to be the greatest scientific book ever written. Instead of looking upon the Bible as the historical record of an ancient civilization or the biography of the unusual life of Jesus, see it as a great psychological drama taking place in the consciousness of man. Claim it as your own. And you will suddenly transform your world from the barren deserts of Egypt to the promised land of Canaan. I've got to interrupt you because I just, I I did a little look up to verify that my memory was right. It goes back to what you were just talking about, your story about the woman who said, I'm a survivor. Because it put in my mind, there's a song, I think it was disco era song from the 1970s, early 80s called I Will Survive. survive. And I was thinking, is that Gloria Gaynor? And is she the one who had the story? And I I couldn't remember, so I looked up. It was Gloria Gaynor. And she actually had an accident on stage while performing that led to chronic pain that stayed with her for the rest of her life. So she actually became a victim of her own lyric. Oh, my goodness. I never knew that part. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's what went through my mind when you were saying that story. And I, it realized, I realized that, I mean, that's like a particularly vivid example of it, but it happens a lot. I think so many people, if you really look deep in your own life, you can find examples like the I am, I, I am a survivor kind of story that we tell oh, ourselves definitely. repeatedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My funniest memory of that song, though, because it's become such an anthem, you know, is that when I, uh, when my kids were little, they went to summer camp and I went to summer camp two as the art teacher and while i was there one of the nights the summer camp had a talent show and one of the uh campers did a lip sync kind of dance or yeah 
to this song, to I Will Survive. And he was like a fifth grade boy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a, a like 10 year old boy out there belting it out to <laughs> I Will Survive <laughs> was very, very funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's go. Okay, let's go um, back to that the paragraph, though, that you read, because it, it was a good paragraph to refocus yeah, yeah. on. I'll get back to it. Right. When the Bible is read in this light, you will find it to be the greatest scientific book ever written. Okay. So he says, claim it as your own and you will suddenly transform your world from the barren deserts of Egypt to the promised land of Canaan. Everyone will agree with the statement that all things were made by God. And without him, there is nothing made that is made. But what man does not agree upon is the identity of God. All the churches and priesthoods of the world disagree as to the identity and true nature of God. (laughs) The Bible proves beyond the shadow of a doubt that Moses and the prophets were in 100% accord as to the identity and nature of God. And Jesus' life and teachings are in agreement with the findings of the prophets of old. Moses discovered God to be man's awareness of being when he declared these little understood words, I am hath sent me unto you. David sang in his Psalms, be still and know that I am God. Isaiah declared, I am the Lord and there is none else. There is no God besides me. I girded thee. Thou hast not known me. I form the light. I create darkness. I make peace. I create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. The awareness of being, as God is stated hundreds of times in the New Testament, to name but a few. I am the shepherd, I am the door, I am the resurrection and the life, I am the way, I am the alpha and omega, I am the beginning and the end. And again, whom do you say that I am? It is not stated, I, Jesus, am the door, I, Jesus, am the way, nor is it said, whom do you say that I am? It is clearly stated, I am the way. The awareness of being is the door through which the manifestations of life pass into the world of form. All right, let's stop there for a second. But this is this whole idea that God is our awareness and our consciousness and using the actual literal phrase, I am, is the whole point we were making a few moments ago with these stories. Yes. I am. It's Mm -hmm. one of the reasons why if you listen to us, uh, the Wednesday podcast often, I know we've talked about it a lot. Um, the idea that that we should be fine with expressing our feelings and not shying away from feelings that are uncomfortable, mm-hmm. not thinking that it's wrong to feel anger or to feel frustrated or to feel anything uncomfortable, but also learning how to express it in a certain way. And this is the certain way I feel sad. I feel angry. I feel frustrated as opposed to I am sad. Mm -hmm. I am angry, right? I don't want to be anger or sadness or the victim because as soon as, as soon as I start telling an I am story about those uncomfortable emotions, what am I doing? I'm suddenly opening up to just attract more and more and more of it because if I am sadness, what else could I attract but more experiences to bring that out? Yeah, you, you are the survivor to take your other story. Right, exactly. So yeah. I feel 
is to me anyway the superior way of expressing any kind of emotion or actual sensation instead of I am. But by the same token, he emphasizes I am over and over again for an important reason. This is this is a, a key thing that this is written in 1939 because this is relatively early in his development as a writer and speaker. And I am as a concept, basically the expression of consciousness is a yes. big deal in his books. He, this is, we, we picked this up right. in a lot of the books that we read that, you know, he just kept hammering on this point over and over and over again. So well, it is, it is very, it is the most important thing. Yeah. Every single thing we experience in life is directly related to our identity. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's why it's so important to be aware of how we're using those words. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yes. Right. Well, I mean, all the different ways that uh, he uses it, he usually just draws it from biblical because biblical is mostly fairly positive and he's focusing on, yes, this is what I really want to identify myself with. I am the truth. I am the light. I am all these really wonderful things. So you know, he's picking, he's cherry picking and he's cherry picking the right stuff. Right. <laughs> Which is what we need to learn how to do, right? Yeah, because It will benefit us greatly. Uh, in fact, right. when you mentioned that, you you just now mentioned something that had been kind of tickling at my brain for like the last few hours today. Because I, I mean, you know how over the years that I've done this podcast, and you've been part of a lot of those years, I have a, a very continuous theme of wanting to understand more and more. Why is it we get ourselves trapped? Why is it that we have so much trouble climbing out? Why is it we get all these negative uh, vortexes going that we have trouble reversing? Why do we have so much trouble manifesting? You know, tr trying to find all the different ways to identify this, the root cause of that overall topic. And in the course of doing that, I have long realized the importance of the words that we use, like you're describing, particularly the words that are words of negation. And today I was really focused on that and saying, wow, I, it's just amazing to me how so often whenever I have an inkling to express something in the positive, I'll find a way to turn it into the negative. I don't want this. I don't want that. I don't like this rather than I like this. I like that. I, it's, it's almost like it's a built-in habit. I think it is a built-in habit that I've kind of built up over the years. And wow, it really, it's, it's first of all, challenging to reverse it when you have built it up that much. And second of all, it's really important to reverse it. Yeah. A, um, a, a community that I belong to this month, uh, our, our activity, one of them, our intentions for this month is no complaining. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And someone brought up that they were, you know, an activist and going to protests and that how could they go to protests and not complaining? Yeah, it's hard and to do. It's very easy. It's that, you know, let's just say on your protest sign, instead of saying what you're against, saying what you're for. That's a good thing because now you're planning it in advance. That right? advanced planning makes a difference. It's harder when you're actually in the moment and all these other people are shouting all this negation stuff and you're trying to, to change your mind in the middle of it. But well, if you do it in advance, that's a good way to do it. What you said is so much easier for us to negate. You know, it's like, we've talked about this before sometimes even asking a positive question a simple everyday non-confrontational thing at all it's like hey walt what do you want for dinner right and the person will say well i don't want yeah. pizza and i don't <laughs> want it's like right it's so much easier for us to say what we don't want than because what we do so want we, and that's so what neville is saying here is that we're yeah. talking about being able to command at right. our command yeah so he says, this is funny, Walt, uh, I sent Walt an email earlier today and said, I really want to resurrect Neville Day for a little bit. 
Mm -hmm. The next sentence says, consciousness is the resurrecting power. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> resurrecting that. <laughs> that which man is conscious of being. Man is ever outpicturing that which he is conscious of being. This is the truth that makes man free, for man is always self-imprisoned or self-freed. Oh, good lines. Now, is that amazing to say that we're always outpicturing what we are conscious of being the the story we talked about earlier you know with both of these with gloria Gaynor and this other person i had a conversation with they were conscious of being a survivor mm -hmm. and so their life kept out picturing that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we are so multifaceted that look i could tell you a whole long list of things i've survived but I don't have to make that my identity, right? I can decide what I want my identity to be and then become conscious of that part of me. Mm -hmm. We all have power within us. We all have beauty within us. We all have gifts and talents and things that we would put into the positive category. You know me, I don't like to go positive and negative. Not I just either. think there's no bad energy and good energy. There's just energy, right. but we can, preferred that's the word yes. we like if we can find those parts of us that we would prefer to magnify and be conscious of that part and when we become conscious of that part neville says right here consciousness is the resurrecting power mm. suddenly that can become the part that our life experience begins to outpicture what does that mean outpicture it means it's on the external it means other people can see it yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I know that people can look at us and say what? Say we do a podcast. Sure. Because that's outpictured. Yep. There are things in our lives they don't know about and they don't see because they're private. But things that you can see are right out there. Mm -hmm. And that's what we want. We want to experience that part. The parts that we are, the parts we can be proud of, the parts that feel good. <laughs> but I love this. Man is always self-imprisoned or self-freed. Yeah, I made hashtags out of those. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you, the reader, that's us, if you will give up all of your former beliefs in God, in a God apart from yourself, and claim God as your awareness of being, as Jesus and the prophets did, you will transform your world with the realization that I and my Father are one. This statement, I and my father are one, but the father is greater than I, seems very confusing. But if interpreted in the light of what we have just said concerning the identity of God, you will find it very revealing. Consciousness, being God, is as father. The thing that you are conscious of being is the son bearing witness of his father. It is like the conceiver and its conceptions. The conceiver is ever greater than his conceptions, yet ever remains one with his conception. For instance, before you're conscious of being man, you're first conscious of being. Then you become conscious of being man. Yet you remain as conceiver greater than your conception, man. I'm curious if you can think of any other examples of that paragraph 
Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I can think of an infinite number. Uh, and I, I'll answer that in a moment. I just want to identify a particular point that's kind of grabbing my attention here. And I'm not quite sure why, which is why I want to mention it. <laughs> he says here, consciousness being God is as father. The thing that you are conscious of being is the son bearing witness of his father. And the phrase that's catching me is the thing that you are conscious of being. The thing. The thing. What's the thing? Well, let's go back to our story. Right. And and the point that I was making that let's say this woman's identity as a survivor, that thing, that thing that she's conscious of being, yeah. she herself and her own power to create whatever is much greater than just that one facet. Yes. Right. But they are the same. She and the survivor, they are one. Mm-hmm. But there's so much more in there that could be resurrected out, so to speak, that could be that could be bearing witness to her power to create something else could bear witness, right? Because this, this was a really smart person that Mm -hmm. had lots of gifts and talents. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Right. And so what if she identified herself in some other way? What if she became conscious of it, of that thing, of that artist within her writer, within her carer, within her, whatever it was that she would rather identify with. I think that's the thing. It's whatever's out picture. Right. And, and so in my own mind, I'm kind of rewriting the sentence a little bit and turning singulars into plurals. I'm saying the things that you are conscious of being are the sons bearing witness of the father. Yes. Yes. Bravo. Yeah. Because we are, we are multifaceted. We are very multifaceted. So the answer to the question that you raised is what examples can I think of? Literally infinite numbers of them, everything that we manifest, everything that we focus our attention yeah. on that in some way turns into matter or human experience. They are all examples of that. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. All right. So Neville goes on to say, Jesus discovered this glorious truth and declared himself to be one with God, not a God that man had fashioned for he never reconciled recognize such a God. He said, if any man should ever come saying, look here or look there, believe them not for the kingdom of God is within you. Heaven is within you. Therefore, when it is recorded that he went unto his father, it is telling you that he rose in consciousness to the point where he was just conscious of being, thus transcending the limitations of his present conception of himself called Jesus. Wow. Uh, There's so much in this, just in this first chapter. There is. Well, this is par for the course for us. I mean, we often don't (laughs) even get to a chapter in an entire episode. So this is not out of the ordinary for people who are are not normally part of our Neville audience. (laughs) It always reminds me, I've told this story before, and I'll tell you what the book is. It's a fantastic book. It's up here on my main bookshelf above my desk. Um, It's called Mastery of Love by Don Miguel Ruiz which is a little tiny book. (laughs) And someone about a dozen years ago, I guess, had recommended it to me. And I I said, great, I bought it. I threw it in my suitcase. I was going on a vacation to the beach and I always like to sit on the beach and read. And I grabbed it in my beach bag as I went to the beach one day. And I said, oh, this is great. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll be done with this book in a couple of hours. Perfect for this afternoon. And I got down there and I read about six pages and I had to get up and walk a mile down the beach and think about it and come back and think about it. (laughs) I thought, oh boy, this little book 
it fooled me. And I feel like that about this little Neville book is, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot here in this tiny book. Well, we're, um, we're also seeing stuff that is familiar to us because um, you and I both came to Neville from a, let's, let's just say we were not terribly sympathetic to Christianity and to the Christian teachings. Yeah. And yet we were willing to kind of dive in and explore what Neville had to teach us about it, came to yeah. understand that his understanding of basic concepts in Christianity were quite different from what the church had in mind and that they all, they, they, they played out the same themes over and over again from book to book. And you see some of these themes being played out here. It's, he, he's doing the same thing that he does in, in his other books. And that's, I guess it's kind of reassuring. This proves it's a Neville book. It's a real yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's one thing is that when you hear Neville, Neville is often always, I would say always instead of often, Neville is always going to incorporate uh, holy texts and especially the Christian Bible mm -hmm. into his teachings. And it is never going to have the same definition or explanations as you would get in your mainstream church or what most of us maybe learned as kids growing up, or it's just not. He has a very esoteric view of all of these things. Just like he said, he does not look at it as a historical document. He does not look at it as the biography of a man, but he looks at it as a psychological drama. And that if we would take these stories and apply them to our own consciousness, we will, that's the key that unlocks it all. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I realized that that might be, there was a time in my life that I would not have wanted to hear this. I would not have uh, listened. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's okay. Uh, when we all hear what we need to hear when we're ready to hear it or whatever, right? They say when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Mm -hmm. I believe it's also the other way around. When the yeah, sure. teacher is ready, the student appears. Mm -hmm. And so whatever you get from this that, that works for you, that's what works for you right now. <laughs> I agree with you. I, there was a time when I would definitely, not only would I not have been ready to hear it, I would have fought it. <laughs> Let's be perfectly blunt. I would have just fought right. tooth and nail against what it was saying because I would have I, I would have assumed that I understood what it was saying without actually understanding what it said. Yeah, right, right. I would come at it with my preconceptions and allowed my preconceptions to rule the day. And I'm glad that I've grown past that. <laughs> I, you know, I always feel like the more stringent something is and the more dogmatic it is, the less I'm interested in it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I wasn't always that way, but it's that I realized that I grow to a deeper level and at a quicker pace when I'm open-minded and willing to be really flexible and not feel like I already know something, but just be willing to just hear it. At one time, I wasn't even willing to hear something if it didn't jibe with what I thought was the way, right? It's like, nope, uh-uh. And now I just am willing to listen to anything and really ponder it with an open mind. Of what could it mean for me? And I've just fallen in love with Neville in the last 10 years and really like what he has to say, which is hence my excitement over a new Neville book that I didn't know existed. Well, for, for me, actually, a lot of that same kind of growth happened when we started reading Neville. I mean, yeah. I remember what my reactions <laughs> were, those first few episodes where we were reading all this biblical stuff and my brain is just locking up all over the place. <laughs> and you were helping me to understand, well, wait a minute, this isn't what he's actually saying. He's saying this. Here's the, here's the direct simile going, oh, yeah, okay, I see that. And it, it started to piece together a new way of understanding. But while I was piecing together... I was kind of going through a little bit of a dance in my head. It was not an easy dance. 
Well, I had all that old stuff still <laughs> spinning around. We. What's funny is that even when we got to the place where we were both enjoying Neville a lot, yep. being willing to read his, you know, quotations of texts, uh, being being okay with understanding it the way it was, there was still one particular book that I can't even remember which one it is at this point, but it was so full of Bible quotations that we just kept pushing it off to, yeah, we don't want to do that. We're not going to do that one until we, it was the last one and we, we wanted to cover them all and we went ahead with it. And it turned out that it was really great. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. We, we basically, we, we, we desensitized ourselves to our old stories. And when we desensitized yeah. ourselves, we could hear it with new ears, without, without the preconceptions, without the bias, without the, the, the old baggage that I carry. I'll speak for myself, without the old baggage that I carried about Christian teachings as I remember them from growing up. And, and once I let go of all that, I could see it in an entirely different light that I couldn't see before. So I think know, I to your comment earlier. You said earlier, this isn't something that most people can hear. I think that's why they just haven't gotten to the point yet where they can let go of that stuff. I think what's important is to recognize one of the precepts that I live by is that there are no mistakes. Mm. And that frees me a lot. Right. That's right. And I have the history that, you know, I was uh, a Bible teacher a Christian Bible teacher for 18 years, but I always questioned everything. Mm -hmm. And I was really drawn to Judaism at the time that I was questioning everything. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't really keen on what some people were explaining things to mean to me. So I went and I learned Hebrew so I could re read the original and know what it actually meant besides someone else's interpretation. Right. And I actually had an Orthodox Jewish conversion um, after years of study and then, you know, also have taken a Bodhisattva vow, which is a Buddhist tradition to help make the world whole. And, you know, and I, and I'm a magician. So I covered lots and lots of ground. I've often okay. joked that I'm not going to have to reincarnate because I just did it all this time. <laughs> but, but I, but I could look back. And say, oh, what a waste of time, you know, all those years in a religion that I don't agree with now. But I don't I don't look at it that way at all. It's all been very valuable to me mm -hmm. because it's all, you know, it's like in alchemy, there's a symbol of the Ouroboros. It's a snake that's eating its own tail or a dragon that's eating its own tail. Mm -hmm. And the way I look at that personally is that I am able to take my own history and chew it into something that's a story for now. Mm, yeah. Right. It's like I can take the things in my past and still use them all to the benefit of mankind if that's my intention, which mm -hmm. it is. Right. I made my first vow when I was six years old. Oh. I vowed to to be a source of peace in the world. Wow. And, you know, I I think that we can all do that. So whatever your beliefs have been up till now and whatever your experience has been, there's no mistakes. Even if it was something you say, oh, that was that was a mistake. Why did I do that? I don't believe that anymore. And I spent all these years believing that, you know, don't let that be a mistake. Let it be something that you work into your your power now. I like that. That's a good I mean, I hadn't really thought about it the way you're describing it, but I'm liking that because there are certainly areas in my life that I have wrestled with and went through feeling pretty miserable and feeling like. 
life was against me. At one point, I thought that, that I had evil forces coming after me because I, I had no understanding of how law of attraction was working. And I was working it really well, just the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah, I did it. <laughs> nevertheless, it was a painful period of time. There were a few painful periods of time. So I, I like most people have felt, oh, well, I really don't want to keep those in my mind. So I'll just push them aside. But you're saying, don't treat them like mistakes. Don't treat them like they were screw-ups. And that's a valid point because they weren't screw ups. I learned a lot from them. I got, I mean, I gained skills from them that I used in making an app recently to be perfectly blunt. That's where a lot of it came yes, from. Yes, this in is the what I'm talking about. Of dealing with all that stuff, I actually learned programming as a way to, to kind of get away from it during the time that I was going through it. it I mean, the one goes with the other. I can't right. separate them. Yes. Two sides of the same coin. Yeah. 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 So it's really important stuff. Well, we're true to form. We haven't gotten through chapter one and we're done almost with this episode. So, you know, this we're on schedule. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we did. We, we finished chapter one. We're ready for chapter two. So next have week, we actually finished it? I, I didn't see the did, chapter. We did. Okay. All right. So it is. <laughs> good. Okay. Well, then, yeah, we're right on on target. That's good. <laughs> one thing yeah, I do, so if you're listening, send us your feedback. Because, send feedback, you know. yes. In fact, that's what the app is for. That's what the segue hey. That's what the app is for. It's got a contact form in there. It comes right to me and, and it, and don't worry about it just coming to me. If you want to reach Cindy, say this is for Cindy and I'll pass it along to Cindy, but use that contact form. That's why I put it in there to make it. Uh, we used to talk about all the different ways that you could reach out. So oh, you could do it through Facebook. You could send an email. You could go to the website. <laughs> no, it's just one way now. You just use the contact form on the app. That's, yeah, that's great. That's the whole point. It makes it simple. Perfect. I mean, the one thing we need in this life is more simplicity. It was a big deal for me when I was designing how the app was coming together that I wanted it to be so easy to use. And I am very pleased to find out that people are saying, yes, it is really easy to use. I'm thinking, yes, I did it. I did it. I did it. <laughs> but more importantly, now you have it. Now you have it. Now you have it. It's in your hands. So yeah. please use it to contact us. Please use it to study Dan's materials. I got to tell you, Cindy. The course that he put together, he put two courses together in there, one in the form of an audio course, the other in the form of an ebook. And the audio course is phenomenal in that he didn't do it the way most people would do an audio course. And most people, you and I, we, we would actually write a script and we'd read the script and we'd record it and so forth. He sat down and just started talking to a microphone. You can <laughs> tell. He's just, it's just how it's coming out of him. He had an idea. He had like a general outline of what he was going to say. But he just did it like he's having a conversation with you in front of a fire. It was brilliant the way he did it. That's and, great. And, and it makes it so easy to listen to and follow what he's trying to teach. And his teachings are really, really good. They're spot on. And then with the ebook, talk about a, a short ebook. You were talking about uh, um, the one that you took to the beach that you thought would take two hours. Right. This ebook, if you were not to understand it, you could read it in about 10 minutes. <laughs> but if you want to understand it, you better take at least two hours because you're going to miss stuff if you don't. That's how good. And the ebook is about the, probably the number one topic that people have when it comes to the law of attraction, how to manifest money. Well, he wrote it for you. And just to give you an idea, one of the, the things that people wonder is, well, okay, you know, what does this guy know about it? I, I only want to hear from somebody who's a success. Okay, well, maybe this will give you a little bit of a clue. He told us on the show recently that in June, he came within a whisker of reaching a long-time goal of his of having a six-figure month. Excellent. So that'll give you an idea that he really does know what he's talking about. <laughs> so my point being, download the app. It's fine 
easy to find. You find it in the Play Store. You find it in the App Store. Just search for LOA Today and then share it because I put all that work in for you. Please take advantage of it. Yeah. I'd love it when you do. And then send the note and tell me what you think about it. Excellent. So looking forward to next week when we can, we, we haven't done this in a while, but it's I know. <laughs> you know, I'm looking forward to, I am. So, and thank you very much, Jeffrey, for sending your postcard. Thank you uh, uh, to the live streamers, Jeffrey. And I think Nasha's in the live stream and oh, Barbara's there too. And she's saying she loves the app. Thank you, Barbara. Appreciate that. So thank you also to the live streamers and especially thank you to the podcast listeners who are growing in number and who are absolutely wonderful. Without you, we wouldn't have a podcast. We love you so much. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye. Bye, everyone.